Blog Talk Radio. We live! We're live! Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page One. It's Page One. With LaVar and Mary. With LaVar and Mary. going on blog talk radio nation it's friday night and you are tuned into page one with laura and mary it's friday night august the 19th 2022 show number 203 uh, you know we're like i don't know i get kind of sad when we get towards like mid-august because it's kind of like the beginning of the end of summer and if you know me i love the summer uh, it kind of means like a little bit more freedom to do some stuff. And I kind of feel like you get chained into the fall where you have to like settle in and hunker down and you have to like do stuff and be responsible for more stuff when you get to the fall. And I don't know, it, gets, it makes me a little sad. So hopefully wherever you are at, you are enjoying these last few weeks of the year up until Labor Day and um, doing what you need to do. But we're here to, as always, hopefully entertain you on Friday night. And, of course, I cannot do this without my wonderful friend, Mary. How are you? I'm good. Aren't these the dog days of summer? I don't know what the dog days of summer actually refer to, other than the hot if you um, I guess. You know what? I will have to uh, look that up. Or if anybody knows that, they can uh, <laughs> let me know online. At I have me. no idea what the dog is. Yes, at me. This is where you can actually at me. Um, I don't know what the dog is. It would definitely be. I would have to look that up. Of course, I'm over at News Comet BTR. Mary's over at Blue Eyes Mama. Um, and actually, while I'm sitting here, I can uh, – let's see. We can do this. Uh, we can Google this. Dog days of summer. <laughs> Meeting. This is what I love about, uh, uh, you know, this show is that we don't care if we have to do this live. It is the period in the summer often thought to be the hottest, usually considered to be July 3rd to August 11th. We missed it by a week. (laughs) Uh, In ancient times, uh, people associated the heat during this period with the concurrent rising of Sirius, nicknamed the Dog Star. Uh, The phrase is a translation of the Latin these canicularis, meaning dog star days. Um, so, yeah. Huh. That is... Yeah, well, I mean. we aren't quite as hot as we were a few weeks ago, so I will give that to them. Yeah, true. Uh, but then again, you know that sometimes summer is like, summer does its, uh, what I call its, you know how back in the 80s when you used to watch wrestling and Hulk Hogan used to, like, Hulk up and come back, like, late in the match after being beat down for about 20 minutes? So, <laughs> does that. Hulk Hogan at, some point, 
Summer does that sometimes, like late August or sometime in mid-September. It comes back one more time, and then it like slams you down right before you go into fall. <laughs> I like fall. Get me to fall. I will lay on my back and let you pin me. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no pun intended. No, I was going to be good. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so this is where I'm like slow on the gun with a clip because normally I would have something nearby and I did not. And shame on me for. <laughs> Hey, I got you set up and everything. Come on. Uh, I know, I know, and I didn't have it, so sorry. Because even if I did it, like, now, it, like, means nothing. Yeah. Anyway, a lot of things to talk about on the show tonight. Um, I have a feeling, or a very odd feeling, that our first topic of the night is going to probably take up a good chunk of time, which we'll get to momentarily. Uh, We'll also have the Almanac. We'll also have Twitter. Um, This is one of those shows where, like I said, when we start reaching parts of the summer, there are stories, and then sometimes there isn't stories. Uh, But it gives us kind of a little bit of time to um, expand on some stories that we get a chance to talk about. Uh, We'll also have the Retro Moment of the Week. Um, An interesting story coming up in the second half hour about what the CEO of Six Flags uh, had to say (laughs) following something that happened here. Uh, Well, it was kind of like uh, an event here that kind of sparked some comments from him. Uh, And then also uh, we'll talk a little bit about what a pastor of Missouri told his congregation uh, because they didn't do something for him. Uh, And then we'll have a couple other uh, stories thrown in as well. You know what? Maybe if we even have time, um, I can maybe, well, if we get to After Dark, if we have a little bit of time late in the show, maybe, just maybe I can do this story that I've been teasing for like the last couple of weeks. But um, if not, there's always time for it in the next coming weeks. So not like there is an expiration date on it. Uh, A couple of interesting things this week before we get into the show itself. I know that you are a traveler. I know that you know people who are travelers. Uh, I read an interesting article um, today about uh, passports. Now, I know that you have one. I don't have one. I'm working on it. But they talked about the strength of your passport, meaning just what passport gets you where, which ones are the strongest ones. Turns out, while American passports are strong, it's not the strongest. A U.S. passport ranks seventh in the world for access, which makes it easier for Americans to travel most places abroad. According to rankings from Henley and Partners, which is a citizenship advisory firm, uh, like you said, the U.S. passport ranks seventh. Americans can get it. Do you know how many international destinations you can get into without applying for additional visas in advance, by the way? And with the U.S. passport? Mm-hmm. Um, 
This is a guess. I'm take but a I guess. think it's 107, 108. Good guess. I could be wrong. 186. 186 international destinations without applying for additional visas in advance from New Zealand, Norway, Switzerland, and Belgium have the same level of access. Uh, according to Dominic Krolik, who is the group head of private clients for Henlon and Partners, he said the U.S. is still an incredibly strong passport, and that you know having powerful passports makes it easier for their holders to travel both for business and leisure. Weaker passports more frequently require their holders to apply for visas in advance, which can be an expensive and time-consuming process. Uh, he says he knows that from experience because he has a South African passport. He can't just get on a plane tonight and fly to Europe or the U.K. or any other countries because the U.S. visa costs 160 If he's in a family of four, that's another $600 towards his travel costs. Uh, so just to put into perspective, visa-free means that travelers can enter other countries without any additional paperwork, while visa on arrival means that travelers do not have to apply for entry prior to departure but will be given a visa by customs officials when they land. So according to this, Lithuania, Poland, and Slovakia is at number 10. They have 182 access to 182 destinations. Hungary is ninth with 183. The Czech Republic, Canada, Australia, Greece, and Malta has access to 185, and they come in at eighth. U.S. at seventh, along with Belgium, Switzerland, Norway, and New Zealand. At number six, the United Kingdom, France, Ireland, and Portugal, they have access to 187 destinations, one more than we do. Ooh. At number five, with access Thank to 188 destinations, <laughs> yes, with access to 188 destinations is the Netherlands, Austria, Denmark, and Sweden. At number four, with access to 189 destinations, Finley, Finland, Italy, and Luxembourg. At number three, with access to 190 destinations, Germany and Spain. At number two, with access to 192 destinations, South Korea and Singapore. And do you know who is number one with access to 193 destinations? Mexico. This would be pretty easy. I'm guessing. Hmm? Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to let you rethink it because think of maybe a populist. Australia. <laughs> Before I give you your third guess, <laughs> you should be, you're, you're going to kick yourself when I tell you. You're going to kick yourself when I tell you because think of a populist that travels quite a bit. China? Actually, I don't Japan. know. I don't know. You're telling me. Japan. Japan, Japan would be number there one. There aren't Asians. Well, yeah, I guess <laughs> they do travel quite a bit now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's why I was like, think about it. <laughs> think about who travels probably the most. Japan, with access to 193 destinations, has the strongest passport. So, yes. Um, there's a did you know. Um, if you did not know. And then the other thing that I was reading this week, which I thought was uh, an interesting side note, um, the or my Chicago White Sox played the Houston Astros the other night. During the game, uh, if you did not see it online, um, and there was, uh, well, there's a reason you didn't see all of it or you didn't see part of it, but... Um, during the game, a young man 
ran onto the field. Uh, and pretty much at that point, uh, when he ran onto the field, the crowd kind of, you know, it was like a lull point in the game, and it was actually a blowout going on to that night. Uh, but the well, – and actually, that was the close game. I'm sorry. Uh, but, you know, we usually see our fair share of drunk adults. And uh, on Wednesday, it kind of – the equation kind of changed. So a kid ran into the guaranteed rate field during the top of the ninth inning of the Astros 3-2 win against the Sox. And he pretty much basked in the moment, uh, giving White Sox center fielder Adam Engel a hug and pumping up the fans before security guards calmly and kindly escorted him off the playing field. Um, Adam Engel uh, told reporters post-game that the kid was like, Engel, Engel, I love you. Can I have a hug? He said, so I gave him a quick hug and let security do their job. From there, I really didn't know what to do. Uh, this kind of here in Chicago bought, bought about a lot of debate, as well as probably uh, some people who were saying, the parents were probably at fault for allowing this kid to do that in that the question now ranges that when kids do this, because normally when adults do that, they are taken from the stadium. Uh, sometimes a punishment may be in line, but in this case, because the person is younger and is a youth punishment and should the punishment have been either for the kid or for the kid and the adults that were there with him. Well, you know me. I'm all about punishment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. I had, to use that. I had to say that one. Um, yeah, Mary, you're supposed to say. Um, so, in, serious, in all seriousness, there should be punishment regardless of age for something that stops play, which he did. So regardless of his age, there should have been, you're escorted out. In that context, because he's a minor, you can't set a minor out without their guardian being present. So apparently, so mm-hmm. in my mind, and whether or not this works, they're, whoever they're with, because you know what, no 10-year-old is just buying tickets. I, I know Chicago's pretty, you know, there's people out there that are pretty independent. I know a lot of them growing up. <laughs> But you don't just buy a ticket, okay, at 10 or 11 or whatever age he was. There's probably a parent or someone over the age of 18 there with him. That person needs to leave too. You let him go, you know. Um, Could it be harsher for the person that's older that should be watching their child? I think so. I think a lot of society has gotten to the, oh, just let my ears to learn. At some point, people need to learn there are consequences, and the consequence should be the same regardless of age. That's Mm -hmm. what I think. No, I I agree. And in this case, take them both out. Yeah, here, but here's where this issue arises from that, because if this young person, and I don't want to be the guy that is shaking his fist and saying, get off my lawn, but in this case, you have someone who knew that there probably wasn't going to be any major consequences. I mean, the security guards weren't going to come and gang tackle them like they probably would have drunk first. You know, <laughs> if it was an adult, 
Right. It would have been like five guys surrounding the guy. They would have tackled him, pretty much like drug him off the field. And in this case, they're going to try to do this without really looking bad. But it sends a very bad message, I think, to other – we live in a world now where people want to copycat stuff. No one can let originality sit. I think I've mentioned it many times in this show where if you see one particular thing or a kid does something, then a few weeks later you see something on the news about another kid doing it. You know, granted, it's always something that's attention-grabbing or something that's going to make them some money or something that's going to get them their five minutes of fame. And with this, I think it needs to be dipped in the bud before you start hearing about other kids doing this at other ballparks and thinking that they can just stop the disruption of a game and go out there and get a hug from their favorite player and everything's okay. And then we all move on because when one person does it, it's going to be a daily event at every game and it's going to get like really tiring really quickly. Uh, with the fact that that occurred and there's a stoppage in play and that could have affected the outcome of a game. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there has to be some sort of punishment. I don't know what. I don't want to be the police that comes up with one and says jail the kid or jail the parents, but there has to be some type of fine. Because, like I said, you don't want this to be a situation where other kids are like, man, he got a chance to go out there hug Adam Angle. Hey, you know what? Next game we're out there, Timmy, why don't you go on out there to second base and run the bases real quick? You know, because we know that's what's going to happen. And when there's mm-hmm. no repercussion for behavior like that, it starts a string of copycats. And I think that the only way to nip something like that in the bud is when it happens the first time, there has to be some type of punishment so that it will deter anyone else from doing it again. I hope and unfortunately, you need to be a sub. Unless, unfortunately, and this is where it comes into play, but the bad part has to be almost public. It almost has to be like, yeah. I know that sounds that sounds bad, and it's, I'm not big on shaming people, but if you're going to stop a behavior because people are going to copycat it. If you do have a punishment and it's not something that's made public, by the way, this this person ran onto the field, stopped play, gave the guy a hug. He was escorted out of the game along with his parent or guardian, his guardian who was over 18 sitting in row, blah, blah, blah. They were escorted from the game, and they could not see the rest of the game that evening and were taken away from, you know, season tickets or whatever the case may be, whatever the punishment is. Right. They have to make that known. You don't have to, like, put him in handcuffs and walk him out with, you know, like the coat over his head and put it on TV, but you have to make it widely known. There was a punishment for this. He didn't get away scot-free. In fact, there's, there, you know, they got fined. They got, you know, they got because they stopped play. This is what's happening. Blah blah blah. But it has to be public as well. Like, 
we have to know what the punishment was so that when the next kid comes up and goes, hey, Tommy, that guy got to hug this guy. Well, the next time we go to a game, let's do this. That other kid right. goes, did you hear what happened afterwards, though? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, let's do it. But that kid got, like, fine. We have to be, like, community service. I don't want to do that. I do what His phone got taken away. Oh, my God, I don't know what to do with my phone. You know, or something. I know that sounded weird, but... It has to be public. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. Because it, it, it's the only way that people are going to uh, know, uh, you know, hey, this is not acceptable. This is not something that you should be doing. But I totally agree. If you're going to do it, make it public. You know, it, it's not, we don't, we want to stop short of shaming, but at the same time, you have to make an example and make sure that other people, um, know that it's not going to be acceptable to go out and do something like that. Because like I said, when one thing like that happens and there's a slap, it is the same for adults in some instances where some crimes that are committed sometimes. And in this country, I don't want to start a huge debate and bring it from that, but the punishment doesn't fit the crime or the person sometimes. Because the same crime can be done in one place and the person gets a slap on the wrist and then the same crime is done somewhere else and the person has the book thrown at them. And mm-hmm. also in this country, if you have a little bit of money, you can probably get things cleared away a lot easier than someone that did not have the money to do that. Um, which is where I think this country is at a stage where it's such – unevenness in regards to the law and about punishment. It needs to be equal uh, down the line, no matter who you are, whether you are white or black or whether you are rich or poor or whatever it is. It it has to be some Mm -hmm. form of punishment to fit the crime. This is why things are in place when things go on, so that it is to deter. And if one person does it, gets away with it, and someone is in that same uh, class uh, that the person who did it, they're going to be thinking that they too can do the same thing. And it starts with things like this, and it goes up to people who do other things, far more serious things. And like I said, I'm not here to be like, you know, I know, oh, cute moment. Yeah, it is, but at the same time, it's a cute moment that you know is going to happen again somewhere because this was the catalyst for that to occur. So, um, just an opinion there. Man, and that didn't even get us to the almanac. Wow. <laughs> We're a little late with the almanac. Um, so the almanac, uh, what is today? It's the, as I said, the 18th, 19th, 19th. <laughs> I'm getting there. You know, you I forgot the day. Yeah, yeah, you lose track of days. Anyway, today is International Bow Day. Uh, it is also National Aviation Day, National Potato Day, and National Soft Ice Cream Day. Uh, tomorrow, on Saturday, it brings us World Honeybee Day, which is the third Saturday in August. It is also National Chocolate Pecan Pie Day, uh, National Accessible Air Travel Day, and tomorrow, uh, one of my favorite days only because it is near and dear to my heart, uh, tomorrow is National Radio Day. Um, 
It recognizes the great invention of radio. It celebrates the news, information, music, and stories carried across the airwaves. Um, it is one of those things that I think is sadly uh, a lost art because, as some people say, some parts of radio are dying. Um, most people now listen to either satellite radio or they listen to uh, other forms of entertainment. They don't listen to you know their local radio stations anymore. But then again, uh, the blame for that, I think, sometimes is the local stations themselves, which kind of have gone the way of money kind of ruling the quality. Uh, that's just my own commentary to it. But you lo- back then, you know, for us who grew up here in big markets and in big cities or even where you were at, you remember your local morning guy. He was dependable. He was there. He was on the air for years, trenched in that same time, mm-hmm. you know, period, or, you know, your afternoon drive guy or your evening guy. Those are the people that you mm-hmm. listen to and you were heartbroken when things changed with the, you know, the time or they were, you know, canned or they left to go somewhere because it just wasn't the same. You know, it's, it's the great thing about radio is that from the time of its advent to now, it has been there as a source of information. It's been there as a source of entertainment. It's been there as a source of comfort, and it is one of the only things that back in the day before portable TVs that you could take anywhere and everywhere. Uh, so tomorrow, if you have a moment, make sure to uh, maybe pick up the radio and listen to it again. You'd be surprised at what you will find. Uh, but actually, that's kind of one of the wonderful things here is that we're called blog talk radio, kind of like radio, what it would be if you had it, your electronic radio. So hopefully you're also listening to us. <laughs> um, also, uh, I'm off my uh, – I'm off my – You're off your soapbox? Box. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> on Sunday, I mean, radio to me, it was one of the things growing up that I wanted to – when you asked me even when I was young, I said that one of the things I always wanted to do was I wanted to be on the radio. Uh, that was what I listened to. I was probably rare because I listened to AM and FM. <laughs> um, a lot of people are like, AM? What's AM radio? Sounds a lot like this. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, NPR. <laughs> yes. Uh, NPR, which, you know, is still one of the uh, most listened to uh, radio networks um, that a lot of people listen to. Sometimes when I'm in uh, my Uber, depending on who I get, sometimes they're listening to NPR. Um, it is, it is, you know, like I said, a source of various things where you could pick up information that you did not know. Uh, but that was what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do television. Television was like, eh, it's fine, which I eventually did some television, but it was radio that always fascinated me. Uh, because you felt like you were able to uh, have a conversation and talk more. You, you know, you felt kind of like you were talking to the person uh, compared to TV. So um, Sunday, the 21st, it's National Brazilian Blowout Day. <laughs> it is National <laughs> Senior Citizens Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's also National Spumoni Day. 
Uh, and then on the 22nd on Monday, it brings us National Tooth Fairy Day, National Surgical Oncologist Day, National Pecan Tort Day, Na- uh, Never Been Better Day, spelled B-E-A-N, Never Been Better Day, uh, National Be an Angel Day, and National – now, I know you're going to correct me on this if I say it wrong. It is National Bowel Day. Am I correct? B-A-O? Bowel. Mm-hmm. Bowel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bowel. So that is on Monday. Uh, the 23rd, uh, Tuesday – Brings us National Cuban Sandwich Day. Mm. Speaking of the White Sox, they actually have a Cuban sandwich stand. I've never had the Cuban sandwich stand there at uh, Guaranteed Rate, but I heard it is very good. So, um, National Sponge Cake Day and National Ride the Wind Day. And then on the 24th, it's National Maryland Day, National Peach Pie Day, and National Waffle Day. And then next... Yes, and then next Thursday, this gets interesting. It is National Park Service Founders Day, National Secondhand Wardrobe Day. I am pretty sure your sisters will have stories of secondhand wardrobe from you. <laughs> um, Are you kidding? I still have some secondhand wardrobe. Are you not from them? But yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> National Kiss and Makeup Day is on Thursday, and then National Banana Split Day, as well as National Whiskey Sour Day. Mm. And then, yes, and they give you a, um, you know what, I'm actually, you know, we'll be with you next Friday. We'll repeat it again when we get to next Friday, but I'm going to give you next Friday's days because uh, a lot of them are important. Uh, Next Friday is National Dog Day. It is National Cherry Popsicle Day. It is also next Friday National Got Checked Day. And that is important because it is a call to action, providing a friendly reminder and asking a simple question. Got checked. Be inspired when you answer yes. Routine breast cancer screenings do save lives. However, it's also important to begin breast chest health much earlier in life. Planting the seed of prevention young establishes breast and chest health building, blocks to last a lifetime, and while it starts with a gradual routine in youth, anyone can continue to routine through adulthood. And what does a gradual routine look like? It's discussing family history, creating a balance between fitness and nutrition, developing spiritual and mental health, finding purpose and setting life goals, creating healthy relationships with others, understanding your relationship with the environment and its effects on your mind, body, and soul, using music, dance, and the arts as a tool of healthy thriving, learning to perform a self-breast or chest exam earlier, uh, know the signs to look for and do not ignore them, including regular conversations about genetics and screening options with your OBGYN and general practitioner, and routinely schedule uh, breast screenings. So it inspires women and men of all ages to improve their lifestyle choices and observe all the screening recommendations. That is next Friday, National Got Check Day. Um, also, it is National Women's Equality Day on that day. And I don't know if I really want to have the last one, but um, 
Well, no, actually, it's not what it means. <laughs> but next Friday, along with Women's Equality Day, it is National Web Mistress Day. It is not what you think it is. <laughs> before I start, <laughs> I thought it was before I read it. But it recognizes women in web development. Uh, it is a woman who designs, develops, markets, and maintains websites. Uh, the term has existed since the mid-1990s. Uh, so, yes, uh, that is also next Friday. So quite a few things going on. Yeah. Thought you had something to add. <laughs> no, no. I was sitting back here waiting for you to say something. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. It's not what you think. I love that. It's not what you think. And I'm like, what? Not what you think. Because if I start off, yeah, because if I start off, I'm like, yeah, it's Wet Mistress Day. I just left it there like that. Then, yeah, a lot of you are going to be like, what the heck is he talking about? (laughs) So I felt I I had to, (laughs) I felt I had to straighten that out before um, that got a little south. So so here's what we're going to do. We're kind of already at the proverbial, or I always say the halfway point. It's not even. A, here's the thing: this show doesn't really have an official halfway point. Halfway point could be five minutes <laughs> after the hour. It could be mm-hmm. <laughs> the top of this hour. But as it stands, when this is kind of a one-hour show, which it really isn't because we go over that. But we're kind of at the point. Where this normally is the retro moment of the week. I will tell you what. We're going to do that, and then we're going to come back and do our first topic of the night because this one, I think it kind of one of those things where I don't want to kind of, like, shorthand it just to get to Retro Moment of the Week. So I'm going to do that, and then we're going to um, come back. But I'm only going to do one Retro Moment of the Week, so this is how we're going to spread this. One Retro Moment of the Week. The second one will come sometime in the second half hour, and then we'll do what we need to do. This is page one with Laura and Mary. We'll be back in about 30 seconds. It's Mr. Wiggle, and here's my new dessert, Mr. Wiggle, the candy-flavored gelatin. That's more fun than candy because it wiggles. Candy flavors like gumdrop grape, lollipop lime. It's made without sugar. You can make it yourself with hot water right from the faucet. Ask for Mr. Wiggle, the new candy-flavored gelatin from Jell-O. Listening to page one, page one with Lavar and Mary, your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's Lavar and Mary. And welcome back to page one on this Friday night, August 19th. Uh, LeVar and Mary, what you hear. Uh, we'll have the second Retro Mobile of the Week later this hour. But I wanted to do that break before we kind of went into 
the first topic of the night because it is one that, of course, has uh, kind of taken over the sports world, especially with football coming upon us and games being played now. But the one thing that was uh, kind of a shadow uh, over the start of the season was the outcome or what was going to happen with Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. Uh, as of yesterday, uh, it was announced that the NFL and the NFL Players Association reached a settlement in his disciplinary matter, agreeing that the Cleveland Browns quarterback will serve an 11-game suspension without pay after he was accused by more than two dozen women of sexual misconduct during massage sessions. He will also pay a fine of $5 million and undergo mandatory evaluation by behavioral experts and follow their suggested treatment program. Now, his fine and contributions from both the NFL and the Browns of a million dollars each will create a fund to support nonprofit organizations in the United States that, quote, educates young people on healthy relationships, promotes education and prevention of sexual misconduct and assault, supports survivors and related causes. Uh, this, according to the NFL, in announcing the settlement. His suspension takes effect on August 30th when NFL teams cut down to the roster limit of 53 players. He'll be eligible for reinstatement on November 28th and will be available to play for the Browns again in week 13 when they face his old team, the Houston Texans, on the road. Now, he has to comply with evaluation and treatment recommendations of a third-party behavioral expert to be reinstated. If he doesn't comply with the treatment plan, his reinstatement could be delayed. He could receive further discipline. Um, he said in a statement released by the Browns, quote, I'm grateful that the disciplinary process has ended and extremely appreciative of the tremendous support I've received throughout my short time at the Browns organization. I apologize once again for any pain this situation has caused. With accountability for the decisions I made, my focus going forward is on working to become the best version of myself on and off the field and supporting my teammates however possible while I'm away from the team. I'm excited about what the future holds for me in Cleveland. Uh, he later met with the media Thursday, however, and maintained his innocence. He said that he'll continue to stand on his innocence just because you know settlements and things like that happen doesn't mean that a person is guilty for anything. I feel like a person has an opportunity to stand on his innocence and prove that, and we prove that from a legal side, and just going to continue to push forward as an individual and as a person. He also said he wants to someday tell his side of the story, saying that that is definitely the plan, that's definitely the goal. I've been trying to tell my side of the story, but a lot of people just didn't pay a lot of attention to it. Uh, he was asked what he was apologizing for in his statement and in his past comments, and he said that that was for everyone that was affected by the situation. He added that he has, quote, apologized to all women, so anybody that was affected, and when asked to clarify whether his past apologies were specifically to the women who made allegations against him. Now, the Browns co-owner, when asked about his comments about his innocence, said on Thursday that, quote, we respect his opinion. I do think in counseling he will learn a lot more about himself. Now, there was a lot more to this, and I know that a lot of people, too, um, were questioning uh, why the NFL um, decided to appeal the original ruling, uh, the uh, independent arbiter, who had first said that he would serve a six-game suspension. And at that time, uh, there were a lot of uh, people and a lot of backlash uh, in regards to that and to kind of give you an even more background, he has been accused of sexual assault and other inappropriate conduct during massage therapy sessions and lawsuits filed by 25 women 
and those actions alleged in the lawsuits took place from March of 2020 to March 2021 while he was a member of the Texans. One of the 25 lawsuits was dropped after a judge's ruling in April 2021 uh, that the plaintiffs needed to amend their petitions to disclose their names. Two other women filed criminal complaints but did not sue. Uh, he has settled or agreed to settle all but one of the remaining lawsuits, which remains pending. And in July, the Texans reached settlements with 30 women who made claims or were prepared to make them against the NFL uh, organization for what attorney Tony Busby had called its alleged enabling of Watson's behavior. Um, two grand juries in Texas, in Texas declined to pursue criminal charges against him earlier this year. And um, at that point, that was when uh, the grounds had traded for him in March. And um, it is very interesting, I think, on the back end too, Mary, if you look at his contract with the Browns, it guarantees him a league record $230 million with the base salary that will jump to $46 million in 2023 and $44.9 uh, in a signing bonus. Yet, because Cleveland structured his contract to include a 2022 base salary of $1.35 million, he was going to lose only $57,500 per game suspended without the $5 million fine imposed in the settlement. His total loss pay this season will be only 632000 I have a feeling they kind of knew that this was coming, and they restructured mm-hmm. the back end. You pretty much uh, saved him. I don't really know what – here's the thing. Offhand, I'm going to say this before I step aside and let you give your opinion, but – there are a lot of people who are still pissed about this. There are a lot of Browns fans who are still pissed about this. The sad part to all of this that I know that's going to happen is that we are a society that quickly moves on from stuff. And what's going to happen is that he – granted, this will be a dark cloud that will be over his playing career. And there are going to be some people in certain stadiums that are going to probably let him know it uh, by way of their disapproval. But it's one of those things where at the end of the day, what people kind of wanted to happen because of this is not going to happen. And even the suspension that happened probably in some people's eyes probably still wasn't enough, even though in actual reality, some people will say it was enough because he sat out an entire year last year, plus almost all of this year, plus lost some money. But it really wasn't all the money you would think he was going to lose. But where's that $5 million going to be coming from and paid for? By the Browns? Is it by somebody else? It's just so much stuff in here. I don't even know what to think at the end of the day, but it is prototypical NFL, uh, you know, it's a prototypical NFL. Something happened. We thought we fixed it. People were still mad. We acted like we were angry too. We went back and refixed it. But at the end of the day, he still kind of comes off a little bit unscathed. Am I reading that wrong? <laughs> okay. So you were going for it, and this is where you were looking at it. They're playing the shell game. The NFL is playing the shell game. They're saying, okay, you know you're angry, and your anger is in this shell. And here's 
Deshaun over here, and we're going to keep shuffling this around until we can get you guys to open up the shell that doesn't have anything in it. Um, oh, there's so many layers to this. Uh, do I think it was there's enough? There's not much that we can do um, because although he was an NFL player, his conduct was done on his personal time. It wasn't like he went in and said, hey, come into the game, and then I'll assault you, <laughs> right? Um, what he does on his own time is his own time. And, and I, we're, we're doing a lot of this these days in a lot of different areas, not just the NFL, not just professional sports, but just everywhere, where your personal life bleeds into your professional life. Um, you do something on social media. You could get fired. You could get blackballed. You could be like, you know, uh, you didn't do anything wrong per se, but sure, it's going to take a while for you to get that promotion you wanted because your opinion on social media doesn't align with mine. Um, and I'm seeing it more and more across the board. Um, I had this conversation with people at my job about it. And at one point in time, um, I was heavily involved in that industry, I guess. Um, I, I had my fingers in that industry. There was a lot of um, investigations, and, and I know some of the girls are part of the massage in the, not massage as in, and I don't like saying legitimate because they're all legitimate, but massage in the legal sense of just a massage or massage establishment. So those red light district massage establishments, um, most of those girls are not going to want to tell you their names because then they also have to let people know that they're, not only their bosses will understand that they said something, but if they're, if they're part of those illegal, not, well, yeah, they're not illegal. Those illegal establishments, no, those establishments that are doing illegal things, if they're part of those, then it becomes expected, and when it becomes expected, then we have problems. If they are not, if they're part of the establishments that are, no, all we do is massage, we do, we, we rub you down, we rub your muscles, and then you're out. There's nothing else. There's no, hey, baby, how you doing? It's, where are you sore? There's the muscle. Get out of here kind of thing. Um, then they'll be willing to say their name. Well, yeah, he assaulted me. If they're not willing to say their name, then they're worried about getting blackballed in the industry because everybody mm. talks. Um, there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot to unpack here. Do I think you got punished enough? Eh, I'm glad that they put into there that he has to go, undergo counseling. That does right. make me feel a little bit better as a female. It's just a regular old person. Hi, yeah, you're a famous NFL guy, but guess what? You don't get everything. Like, remember, you're human, and the other people that are around you are also human. They're not here just to do whatever the heck you want, okay? Because a lot of people have grown up thinking that if you become the next Tom Brady, you get any given Sunday. Show up to a mansion, 
throw some coke up your nose and go ahead and find a girl that's going to give you whatever you want in the bathroom and you don't have to worry about anybody coming after you. So I have a question for you because hmm. as a female that watches this product, um, mm-hmm. do you think, or you, I think you kind of gave the answer, but so you are satisfied with the fact that with the punishment, that provision was in there. If that provision was not in there and it was just the fine and the suspension, uh, would you still feel that they did enough? No. I still don't think they did enough anyway. But I understand what how the they industry do? works. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's just it. I understand how the industry works. He's going to have that asterisk by his name no matter where he goes. Anytime he goes out, there are going to be people following and going, who did he touch, who he talked to today? You know, and if he goes and gets a massage anywhere, regardless of anything, he might have to do it in a room with windows where people can take pictures that he's not doing anything wrong. I understand that. I don't think it's enough, but that's just because that's me being a woman. I don't think it's enough. There should be restitution. There should be, I don't know about jail time, but if you can prove that this is happening, no one should touch another person in any sort of way that's uncomfortable without their permission. And I'm saying that across if, the board. If it is found, because I'm going to play devil's advocate, because like you said, you delved into that industry, you know, you, you've seen what goes on behind those closed doors. If this was mm-hmm. a situation of where these multiple women went along that route, things happened, and they were trying to get a payday, mm-hmm. and this comes out in the wash, do you feel that we owe Deshaun Watson an apology? No. That I don't. And in a weird way, it's kind of one of those come up and I hope, like part of me hopes that part of that does come out in the wash, that it brings out that underbelly because it's not okay. If it was okay for people to use that in the size parlors, there wouldn't be laws against it. And there are laws and ordinances in cities, states, towns, counties, across the United States. There's a reason it's a red light district. There's a reason they have locks on doors. There's a reason that they have heavily tinted windows. They don't want you to see in there. If they, if it was okay to do and it was okay to have, then they wouldn't have that issue. A lot of those women but that we, are in those, and I'm not saying everyone, but a lot of those women yeah. in there are trafficked, and that's what they're stuck doing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was going to say, that's the other thing. that I, Going into consideration, that I know. But we're not naive, and there are some, and who's to say, there are some who know, I mean, who are, aren't trafficked, who are involved mm-hmm. in that uh, lifestyle. And if the majority mm-hmm. of those women who were in that life were just trying to get a quick buck off of him, you don't feel that we owe him any type of apology for something that could have been misconstrued? I don't think we owe him an apology for him getting caught. He still did something wrong. Just because he did something wrong with somebody else that was doing something just as wrong doesn't make it something apologetic. Like, there's no, 
maybe I'm very old school about this, but you did something wrong. We I don't care uh, if yeah, Joe Blow did something way, wrong too. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying that we were all were sorry, but I mean, like you know, right right now the story looks bad. There are you know 25 mm-hmm. to 30 women who said that he did something. Two mm-hmm. federal courts did not want to pursue mm-hmm. this. One did not even want to go through the whole thing. And pretty much they figured that the best route to get out of this at the time was just to pay them all off, which is what, let's, let's face it, which is what rich people do. Because when the mm-hmm. crap hits the fan and they don't want to deal with it, you know, even though they could be innocent or it could be totally something just like, you know, uh, just screwed. Now, sometimes will they fight it? Yes. Oftentimes, if it was something in which somebody was like, hey, remember when we did, well, I kind of want a bigger payday, or I'm going to go tell the media. And he probably was one of those idiots, because that's what I'm going to call him, who went out and did it multiple times with multiple people, and one person hurt from another, and then they all kind of came out and was like, hey, he promised us this, we want bigger paydays. Some people will look at this as, well, Two consenting adults, if that was the case. Now, like I said, a lot of this is alleged. I'm just guessing, and I'm just putting it from another side because I am not uh-huh. lowballing anything of what happened here. But I'm like you, well, if he did wrong, he did wrong. But at the same time, even in doing wrong, we're kind of coming down on him because of a situation in which it looks really bad in which there's a lot of people. And it's not one person. It's not five people. It's 25 people. And mm-hmm. people are prepared, and you know what's going to happen when he comes back to play, is that they're going to be making their jokes, they're going to be catcalling, and they're going to be making you know, taunts from the stance. And it's going to happen no matter where he goes, probably for the rest of his career. You know, I remember when Ryan mm-hmm. Braun was uh, – accused of taking uh, PEDs, and I was sitting there in the stands in Chicago, and this was almost two years after the fact. They were still raining down on him with pots and booze. And, you know, we've been past it. And that's something that followed him pretty much career out. And things like this is going to follow him. But if it is something in which, you know, if somebody would say, because I know there are some people out here who have said it, that if it was a thing where these people were trying to get a payday off of them, you know, at the end of the day, it's wrong from a moral and a law standpoint. But if it was something that he was doing and just got caught up by these people who were trying to make a buck off of them, is it so bad at the end of the day to where it is worth our ridicule for something that he personally did, because this kind of goes to the whole thing in a way in which you could say, hey, someone went to go and sleep with a sex worker. A sex worker is going to say, hey, I'm doing this because this is the way that I like to make money. And if they slept with somebody and then, you know, if uh, something happened where somebody trip somebody at the end of the day and they want to sue because they, you know, tripped in their house, then you're going to be like, well, you slept with a sex worker too, so you were all out wrong. So you deserve to get sued if there was a slip and fall in your house for that. It's kind of like I think what some people are going to say, and they're already saying it, 
is that they think that the punishment right now is that he technically served a year when you look at it. He was never really charged by these courts, and even then, an independent arbiter said that they didn't see anything to do a long-term suspension. It only went with six games just for the fact of he went through the situation. But it was only because the NFL, I know, wasn't even thinking about appealing this until social media came back. Because on ESPN and on TV, everyone came back out and slammed that six-game suspension. Because at first, the NFL was fine with it. And it wasn't until 24, 48 hours later, after everyone had their say, that they were like, oh, man, this looks bad. And then they went back and was like, you know what, we're appealing. And I'm pretty sure the arbiter and everybody else was like, what? I thought we were all good. No. And then they came back out with that, the extended stuff, which it I'm, – I'm just going to put it out here. He – the punishment, yes, it fits whatever is wrong. Don't, it's almost to a point where it's bad, but I'm going to say this even with now. You got caught, stuff happened, serve out your punishment, let the punishment fit the crime. At this point, it is what it is, and whatever end game – Whatever in punishment is going to have to stick and stay. Sorry, no outs. You know, if you want to tell your story, and that's another thing. I guess that's my other question for you. He says he still wants to tell his story to uh, claim his innocence, but is that going to hurt him if he does it, say, after this punishment or if he does it next year or the year afterward? Does that hurt even more? Maybe. Because does it really – huh? I said maybe that, that could be bad. That could be good. It just it really depends on how well he how well he serves the punishment. I, when I say I don't think we need to apologize to him, I don't think we do. Twenty twenty anything over five in an area, anything over five is like, dude, there there there's a problem. Okay. There's a problem. No. I'm not saying that he did any of it. I'm saying there's an issue. Like, maybe it was consensual, but you got a little rough. Maybe it was consensual, and then they changed the mind. Maybe it was not consensual. Maybe it was nothing happened, but you said something that offended somebody's fragile ego. I don't know. Maybe somebody hit on you and you rebuffed their affection. It could be a million and one different things. Unrequited love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there could be a million and one different reasons for what happened. There's <laughs> Make so many light ugly of it, ways of course. This story. But there's, there's so, so many, many people involved. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many people involved yeah. that something happened. And nobody's going to know the real truth because there's always three sides to the story. His side, her side, his side, the other person's side, and the truth. And the truth, and the truth. And the truth is somewhere <laughs> in the middle. The truth is always somewhere in the middle. Um, do we apologize for him for his punishment? No. You got, I mean, forgive me for the pun, but you got caught with your pants down, okay? So you got to pay for it. Do we, do we apologize if we come back and we find out that he really didn't do anything wrong? If he didn't do anything wrong, then what is he settling for? If he's settling just to get out of this long, drawn-out battle and they'll just leave him alone, 
at this point in time, his people, his handlers, and you know there are people there, are advising him wrong if he did nothing wrong. But if he's even just shy, he's going the line of doing something wrong, then he's going to settle. And if he settles, then it's kind of like pleading the fifth. Everybody that you may be completely innocent, but they're going to say guilty. I kind of think it's you might not be guilty of yeah. that thing. You might be guilty of something else that you don't want to admit to. Yeah, I kind of think in a very odd way. There's a lot of stuff, and I don't want to be that guy that has the conspiracy theory. But there's two things, or three things to this that kind of still don't sit right with me. One was that. There was originally a six-game suspension, and I'm doing air quotes from an independent arbiter. Right after that, after about 48 hours of letting this marinate, the NFL decides to come back and say, you know what, that's not good enough. And very quickly, they come up with 11. I don't know where they come up with such an odd number, but not only 11. But the return game in which he's scheduled to come back for is the game against his old team in Houston. And even then, it just so happens that his contract this year is structured to a way in which he doesn't lose that much money. I'm not sure if I you know, want to be that person that's the conspiracy theorist here, but I have a feeling that the NFL actually had something to do with that first – independent arbiters uh, assessment and said, hey, you know what, let's do something strange and you come out with six days, let's see how the public reacts. If they're still pissed, we'll come back and say, we disagree, uh, we think it should be more, and then you throw in all these other little things and then, you know, don't make it 12. Why couldn't it be 12? Why couldn't it be an even dozen? I've never heard of 11. I don't know what the basis of 11 games was. But I'm sure somebody looked at the calendar and was like, hey, you know what, for ratings' sake, you want to kind of have it as to where he's back in time to play his old team in Houston. I know that's what happened somewhere behind closed doors. You can't tell me it wasn't because it's the NFL. We know of anything, the NFL likes theater. They like drama. You can't tell me that there is no conspiracy theory because it could have been eight games, it could have been 12 games. It's usually an even number. Why 11 and why the comeback game is the one in which you know it's probably going to be some flex game that's because of him coming back and him being in his old hometown. With all the people that he, that accused him of all this. So you know there's going to be exactly. protests and people exactly. and all sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you about how they handed it somewhere. It, it, it doesn't sit right with me somehow, some way, but unfortunately that's where it will be and that's where we will kind of leave it. But I'm pretty sure this will not be the last time we talk about this story. So we've got a few more things to talk about tonight. Um, Six Flags, they are looking <laughs> to make changes and raise prices after seeing a decrease in both attendance and revenue this year. Um, Last week, the amusement park just uh, reported quarterly results that fell short of Wall Street's estimates and said that attendance fell sharply from a year earlier. 
During that earnings call, their CEO and president, Salim Basul, said that the parks have become, quote, a cheap daycare center for teenagers during breaks and summers. Now, he later addressed the company's customers and the demographics uh, when it comes to those who visit his parks, saying, quote, that our objective is not to become a park that's not affordable to everyone. He said the company wants to target, quote, middle income and those who earn what I call the average income of the U.S. Still, he went on to say that the company is uh, migrating, quote, a little bit from what I call the Kmart, Walmart, to maybe the target customer. Now, year-to-date park attendance uh, through July dropped approximately 35, 35% compared to 2018-2019. According to a recent study, traditional family outings like baseball games, movie theaters, and theme parks increased in cost at two to three times the rate of inflation. In addition, the study, which compared family outings from 1960 to today, concluded that, quote, American families have to work up to twice as many hours as they did 60 years ago. In that earnings call, he acknowledged inflation's role in deterring potential park goers. He says, I think many of our customers, even if you kept the pricing the same as last year, the disposable income has been hit pretty hard. They suffered with gasoline prices. They suffered with their uh, utilities at home. They suffered with the pricing at the supermarket. Those people were not able to come, and hopefully when inflation comes back to normal, I'm hoping that some of those people come back to our parks and enjoy the new premiumization and beautification. The news comes just days after three people, including a 17-year-old, were injured during a shooting in the parking lot of Six Flags Great America in Gurnee here in Illinois. The company responded by promising, quote, layers of preventative measures both inside and outside the park. Um, I like to read into uh, – I like to read into quotes. And it sounded more like he was saying, hey, uh, in order to keep out the low-income teenagers who are just here and just hang out at the park, it might cause trouble. The best way that we're not going to have any of those issues anymore is to raise the cost a little bit, even in inflation, because he talked about inflation, is to raise the cost a little bit more to make it, really not as affordable so that we can keep most of that potential issue outside of the park. Or am I wrong? No, that's exactly how it sounded. The problem is he's trying to target a target a, a, a demographic that he, his biggest demographic, well, his, and I say his, but their biggest demographic is the teenage crowd. I'm sorry. I haven't been to a Six Flags since I became an right. adult. But as a kid, as a as a teenager, and then college age student, and just turning twenty one, like oh, that was that was good times in the summertime because then you could hang out with people. You're not dealing with your parents. You're not dealing with the other adults. You can hit on your girlfriend or boyfriend or both in a somewhat <laughs> safe atmosphere where you know there were you know other things happening. So if they decided to be weirdo and like clingy or stupid you could lose them in the log ride you know like i I don't know i'm making up stuff but that's what it was like for me at least and by saying that you want to target a different crowd good luck i mean bravo for trying to say that you're going to try and do it but 
you done just shut down like your main money makers. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's how I read into that. And it's kind of you know in a, in a situation like this and in a time like this. I mean, it sounds really like elitist in a way. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of like oh, you know what? Uh, we don't really want to deal with that. So we're going to upgrade this and make it less affordable for those that like to come to the park. And because now you're hurting the people who can't really afford a good time out, come to your park and are um, not, you know, there to cause issues. And now you just made it well, even, one less thing to do. Well, even beyond that. Okay. I bring my family there. It's still within my price range, but guess what? I'm not buying that caricature on that street or extra food or, you know, park hopper tickets, whatever they have. It, 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 you're cutting down other income revenues by making the yep. the price at the gate and the park more expensive. Exactly. You are you uh, are I, you are knocking out that 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 group. It's and no offense to the target crowd because I'm part of the target crowd. I ain't gonna be paying money for that caricature anymore. As a teenager, I did because I could get into the park and I still had extra money. Go figure. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think it's a poor choice of words. It, it really is. You know, it, it's poor uh, business plan to tell the people or the people who are already struggling who come to your parks and get away that yeah. Um, we really don't want to target. We know you're struggling. Right. We don't really want to target to you anymore. We want to, you know, target the people who have a little bit more money. (laughs) And at that point, I would say to those, you know, who are offended like I am, you can continue to take your money to places that, you know, are still a good place to go and will accept you no matter what you earn. A lot of people save up and go to those parts one time a year and they do it, you know, they save it throughout the year for that one particular time. And it's kind of like telling me I'm not welcome. Mm-hmm. Well, no, what I was going to say is like, I'm sorry, you're not Disneyland. Right. <laughs> I know you think you are, but you're not. So you don't have Mickey Mouse. We ain't looking at you for Mickey Mouse. Again, just saying, but, I don't know, you got to look in the mirror first and then remember that you're not Disneyland and then, yeah, you're you're a theme park. You're not a overnight destination. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just bad. Well, coming up, uh, we're going to do another retro moment of the week. And then coming up, we're going to talk about a Missouri pastor and uh, why he was a little dismayed with his congregation. We'll also take a look at what is trending on Twitter. And then we'll have a couple other stories before uh, we let you go on this Friday night. But first, uh, this retro motion, and then we'll be back. This is page one with Laura Mary on Blog Talk Radio. This is the land of sky blue waters. Land of cool enchantment. Listen. From the land of sky blue water, from the land of pine. 
land of sky blue waters to you comes Hams, the beer refreshing as the crisp, cool land it's brewed in. The beer that captures for you the wonderful refreshment of this enchanted Northland. Hams. Mmm. Hams. Crisp, clean cut to the taste. Refreshing. say page one of our Marion blog talk radio uh, at least one more time I mean if you said page one with LeVar Mary on blog talk radio a couple of times people remember it but even then if we said page one with LeVar Mary on blog talk radio would they really remember it <laughs> <laughs> aren't we devils uh, <laughs> we um, <laughs> Let's take a quick look at what is trending tonight on Twitter. Of course, it's Friday night, so SmackDown is trending. Of course, also AEW Rampage uh, on Patrol Live, and then also trending tonight, Life After Lockup. Most of the Friday night shows, this is one of those things where it's baseball, and it is pretty much um, uh, a lot of TV tonight. Uh, also, uh, I think there is a few Friday night football games. I see Panthers uh, at Patriots is trending. And then I look down, and unfortunately, I see Tony LaRusso is trending again because he's intentionally walked another batter on a one-two count. <laughs> uh, and the Sox were already down five. Have we figured that out why yet? I still have it. And the Sox were already down 5-2 to two against the Guardians, and he decided to walk a batter. Um, he is, I will tell you, is not the best thing to happen to this one. And I hope that after this season, um, somehow, someway, I know they don't want to fire him, but they've got to seriously be like, Tony, you put a good of the franchise. Could you just say you had enough and you're walking away? Because... <laughs> I've already put down on my deposit for tickets next season, and I'm kind of like seriously now. Um, But, yes, uh, so that is uh, trending. Ronda Rousey is trending as she crashed WWE SmackDown again tonight. Uh, She is, quote, on suspension, Uh, but that is uh, a part of the storyline. So that's going on. And then trending here in Chicago – 
uh, well, tonight, one of the things is the Red Hot Chili Peppers, as they will receive the Global Icon Award and perform at the 2022 MTV VMAs this weekend. Um, wow. <laughs> um, did you know the most, as for the most awarded groups of all time uh, in VMAs history, it is at number six. It's in sync. The Smashing Pumpkins, Coldplay, and In Vogue. They have seven wins. The Red Hot Chili Peppers and Aha have eight wins. We all know Aha. Um, BTS is number four with nine. Aerosmith is third with ten. And then at number two is Green Day with eleven. Do you know who number one is? The most awarded group of all time at the VMAs. Oh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say Genesis, but you said group, um, group, 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 group. Even no. if I gave you five no, guesses, you you wouldn't even know this. I would get it wrong. Hmm? I would get yeah, it wrong. you wouldn't even you wouldn't even know it. Um, if I even gave you the, <laughs> um, yeah, it's REM or twelve. I might have. If you would have given me one of their songs. Because <laughs> uh, I actually listened to R.E.M. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not a big fan, oh. but I listened to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next time, I'll, I'll I'll have some R.E.M. songs ready for you. <laughs> uh, also, uh, I've seen a lot of things this week in regards to um, – I was looking over at what was trending in entertainment, and there's just a lot of different stuff. I know, like I said, the MTV VMA is coming up. Do you watch the VMAs anymore? Does that even, like, interest you or anything like that? Nope. Okay. Just looking to know. <laughs> just looking to know. Do you even follow music yeah, no. anymore? Uh, <laughs> Sometimes. Not really. Um, I'm not a big fan of the more modern era songs. Mm. But I will say that I do enjoy the fashion. So the day after, I usually look at the fashion blog. Mm. Wow. Um, Yeah, okay. That is good. I was also looking, too, because uh, I know we don't do news stories that often, uh, but one of the other things that was trending today um, is uh, a more social media story than anything else, but the controversial kickboxer Andrew Tate was banned from both Instagram and Facebook um, for allegedly breaking their terms of service. Uh, the former combat athlete who has a win over UFC star Luke uh, Barnett from his MMA days uh, has risen to prominence in some way in recent months, particularly on Instagram and TikTok, through short videos shared by fans. He has about 4.7 million followers on Instagram when his account was banned today by Meta. Um, I had heard some things, if it is all true, than good riddance because um, 
for what it was. It should not be on social media. They said what it was was that uh, Meta told the BBC that he was removed from its platforms for violating its policies on dangerous uh, organizations and individuals. Uh, he's known for his controversial opinions on women and masculinity and is a divisive figure on social media. Um, and I know from what I have read uh, from some people, and if it is true, because like I said, um, that type of thing is not seen or not needed on social media. So um, good. <laughs> um one of the other things that I wanted to talk about tonight was an interesting story of note out of Missouri. Uh, this comes uh, from, from NBC who talked about a Kansas City, City, Missouri pastor who said that his congregation was, quote, poor, broke, busted, and disgusted for not buying him the luxury watch he wanted. Uh, he's issued an apology after his remarks caused a stir on social media. Carlton Funderburg, who is the senior pastor at Church at the Well, issued an apology video on Tuesday for the inexcusable remarks he made in an August 7th sermon. He says, though there is context behind the content of the clip, no context will suffice to explain the hurt and anguish caused by my words. Um, I've spoken to those I'm accountable to and have received their correction and instruction. I have also privately apologized to our church, who has extended their love and support to me. In a video clip of his sermon posted on TikTok, he berates his church members for, quote, not honoring him with the Movado watch. He said, in quote, this is how I know you're still poor, broke, busted, and disgusted because of how you've been honoring me. I'm not worth your McDonald's money. I'm not worth your Red Lobster money. I ain't worth your St. John Knits. Y'all can't afford know-how. I ain't worth y'all Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton. I ain't worth your Prada. I'm not worth your Gucci, he said in a nearly minute-long clip. At one point, he tells the congregation that a Movado watch can be bought at Sam's Club. And y'all know I asked for one last year. Here it is all the way in August, and I still ain't got it, he said. Y'all ain't said nothing. Let me kick the door and talk to my cheap sons and daughters. The video posted by the Kansas City Defender, a digital media company, as of Wednesday, the video had been viewed more than a half million times. Uh, many people in the comments condemned him for preaching about material items. One commenter wrote that it would have been my last day in his church. Another one said I would have left so fast and loudly, oh, no, sir. Another one wrote, I missed the scripture about the Movado watch. He said on Tuesday that his comments did not reflect my heart or my sentiments towards God's people. Uh, yet, that's not discernible in the clip. He said his apology. Therefore, I offer a sincere apology to you today. No context can erase the words I used. Uh, <laughs> it's far cry, I think, from uh, <laughs> when you and I, I think, were sitting in the pews at church and our pastor asking us about it. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that my pastor ever asked me or asked the congregation for a gift. They, like, <laughs> I can't think of anything. Like, and a Movado watch on top of that, which is it's just pretty, pretty um, interesting. That's it's a very interesting choice. Yeah, you yeah. know, his humble servant of God. There, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I thought they were, and maybe this is left over from when I had to go to Catholic church. But isn't there that whole like poverty thing? 
to live like Jesus in poverty, or was that a was that just a me thing? I have no idea, but I will tell you this: that I think that if I would have been shocked, I think first of all, sitting there and somebody tell me that I'm asked me if I'm not worth my McDonald's money, and I'm like, you know, that's what I pay tithes for. As for a gift for you. We're going to give you something, and you're going to like it. You're not going to dictate what your gift's going to be. Now, you know, is it nice to probably treat your clergyman or someone to a gift of appreciation? Yeah. But when it comes down to, like, something specific like that, what is it in? You know, for his 20th anniversary, is he going to ask for, like, a Benz? Is he going to, you know, it's kind of like, uh, it just sends a bad taste. It, it, here's the thing, and this is why I don't want to go too far into this, because this starts a whole other 20-minute conversation, and I don't want to do it. But this is part of the reason why younger people now, and I think you and I have had this conversation, where some younger people are turned off by the church because of things like this. Um, when it just comes down to you're sitting here struggling and praying to find a way, and you see – some members, not all, because there are a lot of good people out there, as it always is. But you see others who are more about money, and you see some people on TV who have their private debt and who have other things that are still asking for more. Um, it kind of turns off a good general portion of the followers. Um, and it's tough enough to get younger people involved in the church today anyway. <laughs> but I digress. I don't want to go too far into <laughs> um, Yeah, but that's what that That's is. an after-show conversation, uh, but, yeah, it would go for hours. Yes, that is definitely an after-show conversation. Uh, one of the things that's probably not an after-show conversation, it seems like this month, you know, I was going to talk about the uh, interesting thing with air tags, but I'm going to – I'm going to probably post that um, somewhere, whether it's online somewhere, but uh, it was an interesting article about how an air tag led to the arrest of an airline worker who was accused of stealing at least $15,000 worth of items from luggage. And I think you and I were talking about the whole thing of air tags and how good or bad uh, they now have its purposes as well as its detractions because with these air tags, people have been using them uh, for bad purposes, and then some people have been using them for purposes such as this to track to the luggage. Um, interesting development with that, but if you have not seen the story, definitely um, you can read it. And then uh, two more things before we get out of here tonight. Um, one is about the uh, – well, it involves food. You know, last few weeks, I think we have been sitting here and we have uh, um, discussed foods and new ways in which things are going to be presented to you. I think everything from the um, the, the <laughs> from the uh, candy corn, I think, that we discussed last. But this comes from the Girl Scouts. There is a new cookie to the lineup. Uh, a new cookie will be arriving next year. Uh, the newest edition. Raspberry Rally. It is described as a sister cookie to Thin Mints. It's infused with raspberry flavor instead of mint and dipped in the same chocolate coating. 
It will be the first Girl Scout cookie only available for online purchase and delivered directly to homes. Uh, a local Girl Scout will place the order for you online. The group said that the goal is to help Girl Scouts build e-commerce skills. They will be available during the uh, 2023 cookie season, which runs from January to April. Interested in uh, the Raspberry Rally? Sure, I will try that. What I'm interested in is the extended hours that they, or the extended months that they have for the uh, Girl Scout cookies. Didn't it only happen in <laughs> February? I thought so, but I'm not sure. I, I think we would have to ask our resident uh, Girl Scout cookie expert on that, and um, <laughs> we'll get back to you. Um, we know a person. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> Yeah, no guy. So uh, yeah, but uh, the final story. Yeah, the final story tonight is one in which I, I left this for last because it's kind of funny in a way um, because it brings about an awkward situation that I'm pretty sure has happened to other people that have gotten married. But Twilight star Taylor Lautner is getting married, and he's getting married to someone whose name could make social outings quite confusing. Uh, he discussed his proposal during an appearance last week on the Kelly Clarkson show. He showed off pictures of his proposal. A nurse he's purportedly dated since 2018 in front of a neon Lautner sign. Uh, and it's going to be a little bit complicated because his fiance's name is Taylor Dome. So, <laughs> he says because we already share one name, it's going to be extra complicated when we now share a last name. He says we're literally going to be the same person. He also explained to the host that he and his fiance need to keep it super simple or complicated when they refer to each other. He elaborated that he goes by his full first name, whereas uh, Dome or Dome goes by K. Well, a lot of people just say boy T and girl T, he added. Uh his wife-to-be is the only Taylor he's ever been paired with. He had a brief relationship with uh, love singer Taylor Swift beginning in the few film Valentine's Day, a rom-com featuring the two celebrities in 2009. Uh, the pair broke up in the same year, and he claimed that he was the inspiration behind the song Back to December. Uh, Taylor, you have an issue with dating girls named Taylor. <laughs> well, how awkward would that be? It would be... Is that something that one would avoid when they're dating to, to date somebody that probably has like somewhat distinct? Because we're in an era now where I think from like the '90s to like now was the beginning of that period where people were being named um, unisex type names. And now you're having this issue where people were dating, and then you have, might have the same name or a different spelling of it, different pronunciation, but Taylor and Taylor, and then when you get married, it's Taylor Lautner and Taylor Lautner. That's a huge – that's going to cause a lot of issues. <laughs> okay, so here's here's the first statement I'm going to make. Taylor to the girl pay. You don't have to change your last name. There is no rule that once you get married, you take on your hubby's last name. Have him take on yours. Maybe you can get a role in the movie. Um, ouch. I'm sorry. That was rude. Um, you'd have to learn how to act. You'd have to learn how to act first. Um, <laughs> on First of all, they don't have to take they don't have to change anybody's name. Like they don't have to change their last name. But you're right, there are a lot of unisex names. 
I don't know, question mark, because I've never met a guy named Mary, so I won't. I, I know that it can't happen, but I don't. I haven't done that yet. Um, I'm sure. I will say that I know of people with last names, like when their last names are similar, have had pause mm-hmm. with like um, what's like Cortez. I'm picking a weird last name. Obviously not mine, but we're gonna pick Cortez. If my name was Cortez and I met a guy named Cortez, I'd be hesitant to date the guy Cortez because it might be related. But yeah, some people take pause with names like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a pause with a, hey, I may not want to date you because we share the same first name. Why not have that kind of pause? But if they make it, congratulations to them. You know, like I'm, I'm teasing about the acting and the movie roles and all of that. I'm happy that he found somebody that he wants to spend his time with. It just happens that he'll never forget their their first name. Mm-hmm. And if yeah, he gets that... tattooed on himself, he could just be selfish. Right. Right. It's like a fish. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very awkward. Yeah, I mean, if she did want to, I, I, I would think that she's probably going to go probably hyphen Lautner. Uh, uh-huh. And then, like, short stuff, she'll be Tay, T-A-Y, since that's what she goes uh-huh. as. And he'll just continue to be known as Taylor. Uh-huh. At least we can call him T-squared. T-squared. Tay-Tay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so that's got to be soft to know. You dated two girls named Taylor. Right. <laughs> and they wrote, one of them wrote a song about this. I think there was a joke that uh, I don't know who it was. I think it was uh, Don Rickles who uh, was zinging Johnny Carson where he had said that, uh, you know, he married a woman, I think her name was Joan, and then the other one was Joanne. And then he was like, (laughs) he said the man was too cheap to buy new towels because the monogram was. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Nobody buys the monogram towels anymore. No, nobody. Buys, do they even still sell those anywhere? Can you get those anywhere? I'm sure you can. Not a bed back and beyond, which is another story for another week. <laughs> They've had a tough week this week. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Maybe monogram. I have. You know, I was in the store and I actually found monogram. Um, which is something that a lot of people don't do anymore, but handkerchiefs. Nobody carries a handkerchief anymore. Um, mm. I, I miss handkerchiefs. I don't like cleaning them, yeah. but I miss them. Yes. Um, so I found some with my initial, and I was like, oh, awesome. So I got them, so I have monogram um, handkerchiefs. So Now yeah. all you need is a monocle, and you're all set. No, see, after that, then I also need the watch with the uh, the pocket watch. With, I know what you think for Christmas. A monocle and a pocket watch. <laughs> well, I never. <laughs> well, speaking of watch in time, Tom on the wall is telling us that our time is just about up. Next week, I will tell you, there's a couple of good stories um, that we kind of left off that we will kind of discuss next week, one in which – is about what the 
Airbnb industry is rolling out as far as technology here in the U.S. and in Canada. Uh, also, I know next weekend we're getting close to college football season. There was an interesting story about how college football uh, is mulling the breaking up of the football, of, or CFP is mulling breaking football out of the NCAA. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit because if there's one thing that we both like to talk about is the future of college sports in which this kind of leads to. Um, and we'll talk about those two things next week along with anything else that, of course, breaks throughout the week. Uh, but we'll be with you next Friday night, 10 o'clock Eastern time, 9 o'clock Central time, 8 o'clock in the uh, mountain, 7 o'clock out on the West Coast. Uh, but did you have any shout-outs this week? Nothing specific. Nothing specific this week. Like, happy anniversaries to the people that have them. Happy birthdays to the people that have them. You know, thank you for joining us on this weekend. Um, happy breakup days if you have those as well. You know, non-birthdays. I don't know. Would that be an anniversary of a breakup? Yeah. Uh, That's a thought that I'm going to have for a while now. We're going to have to argue about that later after show. Wait, what was the question? Yeah, and then, of course, Discord. Come on to Discord. Yes, Um, over on Discord. And then um, at some point, you'll know, she'll let us know. I'm pretty sure it will be. So. (laughs) I feel like there's a streak that we have to do that. But... uh... (laughs) Um, we'll definitely discuss, but we got a lot of things ahead for you next week as well. Uh, apologies that we couldn't get to the phone lines tonight, but um, we uh, know had a lot to talk about, and we're so glad that you can join us. So for Mary, I am LeVar. Thanks so much for listening to us. We'll see you next week, Friday night, page one with LeVar and Mary, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. Tell a friend, be kind to each other, and as always, thank you for listening. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to Page One. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and other platforms where we can be found.
With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.